Hey, welcome back to another episode of the People of Packaging Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Adam Peak. You can find me on TikTok at Packaging Pastor. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Adam Peak. Please go and like and subscribe and follow this podcast. It would mean a lot. Also, it would mean so much if you would support our sponsors. Shout out to Specrite. They have been a ride or die for a while. They want you to imagine a world without waste. Listen, they are changing the game. You're going to be faced with EPR regulations. You're faced with price pressure. All of the things. If you don't know your data, if you don't know your specs, then you're just going to end up guessing and you're going to end up wasting a bunch of money. You're going to end up wasting a bunch of material. The most sustainable thing that you can do is get to know your product specifications, your packaging specs. Go to specrite.com backslash PKG. And you already know the link is in the show notes. Also, Supply Caddy is our newest sponsor. Supply Caddy is a leading global manufacturer and supplier of packaging and disposables for the food service industry. With headquarters in Miami, Florida, and manufacturing facilities in North America and Europe, Supply Caddy is able to provide high-quality, affordable products for restaurant chain, restaurants, chains, and food service brands globally. For more information, go to supplycaddy.com. And you already know that. It's in the show notes. So make sure you support Specrite. Reach out to them. The team over there is incredible, as is the team at Supply Caddy. Make sure you reach out to them also. Okay, let's get to our latest interview right now. All right, everyone. I am here with two of my new favorite friends. I am joined by my doppelganger, uh, Adam Freak, uh, who's going to be changing his name to uh, match mine. I believe we just didn't we discuss that pre-call. We're both bald. We're both in the label industry. I've been called by your name before at TLMI events. So yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, and I've been called by been called by your name too yeah, right, yeah. thanks for, for making me feel better <laughs> uh no adam is the uh business manager of rolled products at wasaw coded and i was mentioning before the call that i got to drive through wasaw wisconsin correct correct yep and it's like it's like right is it right on a river or it was like it this is. cool little town i was like this place is pretty dope is there a college there it had like a college vibe no, there isn't actually a, a traditional four-year school there. Um, but yeah, Wisconsin River runs right through it. They do uh, some fun facts. They do uh, Olympic trials for kayaking. Um, uh, so that's kind of fun to watch downtown. So yeah, it's a fun little town for sure. And is Wausau right off of, I, I was driving to Minneapolis and I feel like I saw the company. I was with my family or else I just would have stopped in and been like, Hello, can I say hi to people here? Uh, but I feel like it was like right off the road. It is, yeah. You can see us, yep, right off the highway. Yep. All right, well, if anyone is driving from Traverse City to Minneapolis, uh, you will drive right through uh, Wausau, and you could stop in and say hi to Adam. Hit us up, absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, this is going to be a podcast with 
uh, three amazing humans because I am uh, surprised that I have not had uh, sustainability rock star and TLMI and label industry legend Roz Bandy on my podcast yet. So this is your first appearance, hopefully of many. Um, Roz and I have known each other for a few years. Uh, been TLMI has been an awesome partner, not only the podcast, but also my time at WS, MCC, Fortis, and now at Myers, all been TLMI members. So Roz, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Um, sorry about my cat there. It's okay. Your cat is also welcome on. What's your, what's your cat's name? Dennis. Dennis the cat. Yeah, sorry. He'll 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 be come back. He likes to be on camera. Um, That's fair. Anyway, my two favorite Adams couldn't ask for better company here. You both are, you know, you you look like you could be brothers, but um, you know, two fun Adams. So thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks, Well, um, I have done my twenty three and Me, and I actually brought you on here, Adam, to say, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> <laughs> we are, and uh, it's it's really exciting. I grew uh, well, up with three three sisters, so now that I finally found out I have a brother, that's great news. It's yeah, awesome. it's like the scene from Step Brothers. Did we just become best friends? Uh, well, Roz, thanks for uh, you know kind of pulling this all together. Roz is the VP of Sustainability at TLMI. She's not a VP; she is the VP of Sustainability at Tag and Label Manufacturers Institute. Yeah, nailed it, nailed it. I just wanted you yeah. to say two. The eighth grade Adam wanted you to say toot on the podcast, Ross. I just was, <laughs> well, you it worked. I've yeah. got I've got a, a get a fart joke in on my podcast bingo card, so we've made that happen. Um, I've been hanging around my kids too much. Uh, so here's the deal: I've been in the label industry now for a while. Um, Adam, how long have you been at Wausau? Eleven years uh, in November. So. Okay. Yeah. So I got, I started at WS in 2011. So around the same amount of time being in the label industry. Um, and Roz, remind me of your, your background again, prior to coming to TLMI. Yeah. So I was with, um, I've been with TLMI since, uh, 2017. And prior to that, I was with a TLMI member, supplier member for about seven years. Um, and then before that other, packaging places so i've been in packaging for almost 20 years it's hard to believe that's awesome yeah and the thing the thing about packaging that we know when we're in it is there's there's this spotlight on sustainability rightly so we understand it abc news is coming out with stories cnn has headlines about it there's legislation being passed and people actually want to talk about it they certainly want to troll me on my TikTok page whenever I put things about packaging up there. So the, and they see the big things, right? The, the, the plastic in the ocean and, you know, the, whatever the, you know, recycling of pizza boxes and all these kinds of stuff. But in my view, in that, I'm not saying that's unimportant. I don't want to diminish that those efforts. Right. But there's so much in sort of the industrial process of packaging that can be improved that makes a, a makes a big impact on sustainability and it's stuff that we can control so we talk about waste like I, I do a lot of work with spec right and their whole thing is we imagine a world without waste right like understanding your specs not having to go back to press being efficient when you're manufacturing whether it's labels or boxes or shrink sleeves or whatever it is super important 
process-oriented things that contribute not only to cost savings, but also to sustainability goals. And one of the things that I want to talk about, and this is going to be such an amazingly wonderful packaging nerdery conversation, is label release liners. And if you know what we're talking about, then you're part of the club. Uh, That's right. If you know what we're talking about, you're not a member of TLMI, what is your problem? Uh, <laughs> you should 100% be part of TLMI if you, if you, don't, if you know what we're talking about and aren't. Um, but let's talk about uh, label release signer just kind of in general. So Adam, I, this is, Wausau makes these, correct? Correct, yeah. So, so the you know, label release liner can be paper uh, and or film. Um, and it really is the carrier for the label that you see on packaging, you know, in our everyday lives. So it serves an important purpose. Um, and the problem is, right, for our industry is once you've applied that label, what do you do with that release liner that was carrying that adhesive product? Um, and, you know, I'm passionate about this. Um, I have to give some credit there you go. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. So, I don't know if the video is recording or not, but I, I've got a little like thermal transfer and there's the, you've got the release paper, which is coated with like a silicone release. And then you have the label uh, material right there. So. Correct. Thank you, Adam, for, yeah. for the visual. Um, yeah. I got to give some credit uh, for the passion around this topic to Jim Shively. Um, Calvin Frost has got my ears a couple times as well, which he's super fun to talk to about this and Roz um, as well. But I, I think in general, our industry has to figure out a better use for this other than putting it in the ground, right? So um, it's important to know what it is and then let's figure out a better way, better use for this this um, this good product, right? That, that has some other options besides landfill. So is it safe to say that if, if I'm looking at this label, um, that the, the release liner is is maybe somewhere around half of the total material that goes into a label is that a fair i know it's not perfect right you've yeah, got yeah yeah that's fair got the thin pet liners and things like that but for the most part it's right around half of the material is this is this liner that nobody ever sees it gets if it's going through an automatic label applicator it's getting wound back up onto a onto a bar and then that's just getting taken off the bar and then tossed into like a big giant, like corrugated Gaylord or some kind of a trash can and then just gets landfilled. Is that right? That's exactly right. I think some other things about release liner that people might not know is the, the pulp and, and the process to make re release liner um, because we need that silicone coating. So smooth, it's very, it's a very high quality paper, right? It's, it's very smooth. It goes uh, through a lot of processes to make it suitable for us to put silicone on it, right? And make our pressure sensitive um, construction. So a lot of energy, right? To get into making this product and to just, I guess what that leads to is it, it has value, right? Because it, it is this, this very um, dense um, kind of highly processed paper that it can be used for many things. And, and that's kind of the frustrating part, right? All this energy goes into it. And then as soon as the label's applied, we're done with it, right? Yeah. It's a shame. So that's and that's another the, piece of it. Go ahead, Roz. One, no, one of the um, pretty cool things that TLMI was able to accomplish um, in partnership with C-Lab was to get paper release liner because of the high quality paper recognized by ISRI, the, the 
Institute of Scrap Recycling Industries. Um, they, you know, they've got the whole circular that comes out of all the standards on these various commodities. Um, and Release Liner now has its own specialty grade with a specialty number, uh, which it never had before. And that's, that's only happened in the last year or so. So it is recognized as a high quality um, product. We just need to get that word out there um, to, you know, places where that release liner is generated, you know, at a co-packer, at a CPG that's, you know, bottling or canning or using pressure sensitive labels um, and ha- help them understand that there's there's value in this material. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's <clears throat> excuse me. What's interesting is obviously there's release liner for pressure sensitive labels that go on products. There's also, you know, this is a this is a thermal transfer label. There, there are these labels are on, you know, D to C, uh, D to C shipments, I think Amazon, Walmart, all of them by the billions of labels. And, and, and it's this, it's this really high grade, high quality silicone release liner, uh, that, you know, Adam, I think you put it, you put it really well. It's just going into the landfill that could be used to be repurposed and, and reused. So, um, Roz, I know before the call we were talking about some one of the initiatives or, or this initiative through TLMI, and you were mentioning that there are mills currently that are like, yes, we've tested the liner, we want the liner, we can put it back into our pulping process. What has been the the holdup, I guess, in helping us get from whether it's a contract manufacturer, co-packer, brand? getting the release liner into those mills that want it? Well, there are mills that are using it, but there are numerous mills that are not. And what they would like to do is qualify the material that it will work in their processing, that the silicone won't um, cause any issues. And of course, to do that, what they would do is, is, is mix it with their usual uh, supply um, but in order to qualify the material, they want 50,000 pounds because that's exactly the type of volume that they're working with. And so, uh, you know, we've, we have three mills that, that have been asking us for this material for a number of years. We can't find that much material to send to a mill because it's getting just landfilled. And that's paper, of course, um, film mm-hmm release liner is a different process, but, um, yeah, we just can't, we can't get it. We can't, um, find co-packers or CPGs that will set it aside, you know, to that volume of full truckload. And is that primarily because there's a, has there been a pivot from paper release liner to, to PET release liner, or is it just because they're still on paper liner they're just they're just not collecting it. Is that is that the primary? Yeah, but and in the um, you know let's talk about the pressure sensitive industry. Um, about eighty five percent of pressure sensitive labels are on paper release liner. So PET is the um, you know the, the minimal amount around fifteen percent or so. So we're really trying to focus on paper because that's the volume, and if we can you know accomplish something with getting paper release liner recycled, 
there's, you know, the, the, the biggest volume in the industry. Yeah. We all found out about the, how much paper release liner there was when there was the, uh, was it the strike that happened? And boy, I'll tell you what, you want to see some brands going, wait, what's happening? It's like, yeah, you can't sell your product because you can't get the release liner is a pretty, it it was really an eye-opening conversation to have with, uh, with some brands. And, and, you know, thankfully it feels like we've, we've recovered from that and we're, we're back to being able to be up to full supply. Um, and, and Adam, correct me if I'm wrong. Wausau coated is, is exclusively paper release liner. No, we're pressure sensitive. You do pressure sensitive. Okay. Yep. So we do. Yeah, exactly. So we do the whole gamut, you know, uh, silicone coat, you know, pressure sensitive adhesive with a face stock film paper. That's right. Yep. So we do the whole thing. Okay. So one question that, uh, I didn't, I didn't even think about honestly is if, if I have, let's say that this is a, is a PET liner, but I've got this paper label on it and you know, they're at the end of the roll and they're done with it. And there's only, you know, 10, semi-gloss labels that are on the roll and then they toss that into like a PET recycling. What happens with that, with the PET recycle? I know we're not, not talking about the PET recyclers, but we're talking about liner, you know, liner recycling here. Is that, is that problematic for, well, for some probably of the recyclers? 10 paper labels on a PET liner wouldn't be a problem. If, if it's less than 1% of that roll, um, the PET liner recyclers can deal with it. But if it's more than that, um, it's a huge contamination problem. And so we've had um, we've had a couple of PET liner recyclers back away from it because you know because people are are sending too many labels, too many paper labels on the liner, causing contamination, ruining entire batches, and it's you know it's a it's a money loss for them. So. Um, a couple of those recyclers have said no more, you know, people just aren't careful. But what that makes me think is, you know, you think about the how to recycle label for packaging and the success there that there has been, you know, with consumers, what do I do with this container? And you look at the container and it tells you what you need to do. Um, you know, if we could develop something like that, TLMI and it's, committee leaders like Adam, um, if we could develop a how to recycle label for liners, um, you know, maybe that would help solve the problem. But um, what we have done is uh, on the public facing TLMI website, you know, we've put together some really good information. You know, we've got a basic document, what is release liner, okay, if you're new to the industry, and you don't quite understand, or if you're a CPG, you know, and you want to know um, how you can ramp up your sustainability efforts. Um, we've got that document. We've also got a document on um, the fact that release liner is recyclable and how to do it. Um, so we're trying to educate and we're trying to help and we're trying to get the word out there. And, you know, thank you for having us on here because this will certainly help get the word out there. Um, you know, another thing that we've done, um, I have a, a really cool mapping program 
that I use. And um, I've collected all of the information on recyclers that will take the paper release liner, that will take the PET release liner and um, put together all their contact information, put it all on a map so that if you are a co-packer or a CPG, you can look on this map, you can pinpoint your location and you can see all those recyclers in your general region so that you can hopefully reduce, you know, any shipping costs. Um, and, you know, you can contact those recyclers, tell them what you've got, you know, get some pricing and um, hopefully, you know, that will start you on your path to recycling this material. Is it, would it, I, I've got a couple of questions around this. So would it be a true statement that if you're a company and you are paying for your trash services and, and instead of putting this into a trash service that you have to pay for, is it a, is it a free or reduced cost or are they even paid for the material? How does that work from the recyclers? If, is there enough value that someone says, yep, this is 10,000 pounds and we're, here's a check for, you know, $500. I don't know what the numbers are, but it, how, how did the economics of it work or has that not quite been figured out? Well, the PET recycler um, that we use, it's called Alternative Feedstocks. Um, and they have a sister organization that recycles carpeting. They will pay, um, you know, it's pennies on the pound, and I'm not exactly sure what it is now, but they will pay in order to help you offset the shipping costs. But um, uh, Adam mentioned Calvin Frost. Cal has done um, some calculations on, you know, the amount of, um, weight or volume of release liner that's getting sent to landfill and those charges, which is, you know, tipping fee plus all kinds of other surcharges. So if you were to take that and set it aside and, and recycle it and get it out of landfill, which number one is great for your sustainability efforts and not to mention the planet, um, then, you know, you can calculate what your savings are on your, on your trash, um, hauling versus sending it to hopefully a, a nearby recycler. I yeah. have not heard of paper recyclers paying for it. Okay. So, and that, that would make yeah, sense. I would be looking at the, you know, that ledger line um, and, and calculating the cost, but we know that cost is an impediment. Mm -hmm. You know, people are willing to pay a little bit more. You know, we've done lots of surveys in TLMI and we found that our members are willing to pay a little bit more, but they're not willing to pay a lot more. So that's one of the things that, um, you know, we need to help them figure out. Yeah. So my, here's kind of my last question and we're, we're already 20, 20 something minutes in, which is awesome. Uh, and, and I, I knew once we went down the, the total nerdery road of label release liners, we were going to hang out here for a while. So if you're still listening and you're not a member of TLMI or not my mother, what are you doing? Uh, but I appreciate everyone hanging in. This is a really important topic, right? Um, it's, it's, there are, there are literally billions of pressure sensitive labels bought and manufactured in the United States every single year. I mean, I'm guessing it's even into the hundreds of billions, maybe even be a trillion. I've, you probably know what the numbers are, Roz. Uh, but I, I kind of want to talk about our, our individual roles here because we all are in different 
uh, we're all in the pressure sensitive label industry, but we all can kind of do some similar things, but also some different things. So, uh, you know, Adam, I'd, I'd love to talk with, we'll start with you first, right? So you're making the, the big giant pressure sensitive roll stocks that then go to converters all across the world, I'm going to guess. Yep. Um, so what are some things that you can do to help either educate or create demand for, I don't know if there is PCR, uh, you know, release liners or PCR semi-gloss materials. Uh, what, what are some things that you can take and do in, in your role at Wausau Coated? Yeah, that's a great question, Adam. Um, I think there's a few things. First, understanding how how our process, right, or adding silicone to paper, if there's ways we can tweak that to make it more repulpable, right? More friendly for the paper mills to take it back in and create it into something else. So because we're already dealing with those paper mills, I think it is on our part um, to try to create that conduit to have that back and forth discussion, right? How do we help you when we're making this product? Um, I think it's important that we also join TLMI, right? And we're a, we're a big part of helping this industry, you know, stay up to date and not become a dinosaur, right? Because our, our sustainability, we didn't pay attention to sustainability, right? And we lost sight. I, I don't want to see that happen. I don't think any of us do, right? We're all passionate about labels that are on this call right now and hopefully that are listening. So we, we hold a responsibility there just as an industry steward to help um, in these committees at TLMI, use our contacts at paper mills and educate converters and you know brand owners on how can we do this how can we fix this problem so i that that's my short answer adam i love it and um and Roz, so as a industry you know representative right uh vp of sustainability at the i want to say you're the the largest for sure if not the only sort of label industry uh, group or come, I don't know, collective, you know, we, we, there's a lot of power uh, in, in the members who are part of TLMI. So what are some things that TLMI, obviously education is a big one, um, but are there, is there legislation that we're looking at? I mean, what, what are some steps that you're taking as a, as a group at TLMI to help continue to push forward this uh, uh, recycling initiative? Definitely education, um, you know, helping our members help their customers with this um, information. So providing documents, providing access. Um, one project that we're working on is, is there a way to actually um, print on the end roll of release liner recycling information and then maybe a QR code to our map? of all the um, recyclers. So, you know, so a, a generator of that material can pull up that map and find their closest um, recycler to save on shipping, et cetera. Um, but we're, you know, we're in meetings with our customers. We've got committees. Um, Adam leads our uh, committee on release liner. And so we have more and more members joining and becoming a part of that committee and and you know with with more diversity of companies come comes more ideas you know and so we share those ideas we you know come up with new projects and little by little 
I mean, this has been, truthfully, this has been a problem for decades um, mm-hmm. and the solutions are not easy. Um, but we do uh, collaborate with C-Lab um, toward a circular economy for labels in the U.S. Um, C-Lab has some power behind it. So there's a lot of collaborative effort and hopefully between all of us, uh, something's going to stick that's that's going to inspire those release liner generators to do the right thing. I see what you did there. Stick, pressure sensitive labels. <laughs> and I, I have like every conversation. I, I, you know. <laughs> I love I love telling people that I, I sell stickers. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. And the thing that I've really loved about TLMI is that collaborative nature and the collaborative energy. You know, we're all there is a level of competition for sure, right? Like we're all trying to be be better in a in a kind of a free market capitalistic society and and culture that we have here but tlmi brings everyone to get there's a lot of just like good conversations you know how can we help push the industry forward great education uh you know the website is is fantastic i love the map idea even thinking about like a qr code on um on a core tag potentially right Mm -hmm. so if if so you know kind of getting into the role that companies like Myers can play and it would sure be awesome if we had as part of our core tag a QR code that said you know scan me for recycling information and then we knew hey this is a PET release liner this is a this is a paper release liner whatever it is and then they could scan it they could pull up the map they could say oh, okay I can send this to this recycler over here they can get together most most companies aren't switching back and forth a ton between film and paper you know the these label applicators can be, they're flexible, but they're kind of finicky, right? They sort of just like the same thing. And so most of them stick, you know, for the most part with the same stuff, some will mix it up, but um, I think that would be great. That would be such an easy solution too. Right. If, and if we've talked like about- just standardize it. Yeah, that's a great point. And I just want to bring up, don't mean to interrupt, but we've talked yeah. about and looked at, you know, softwares that, you know, folks like you at Myers are using, right? So that it ships with the with the shipping documents, right? And it says right on there, the release liner in this product is recyclable, you know, make sure you, you scan this QR code, right? That's another easy thing, I think that, um, you know, we could do to help spread the word further down yeah. the supply chain. Well, Myers, we just went through a rebrand, not to make this some like commercial for Myers, but uh, we just went through a rebrand and, you know, we, we are purposed to become the, the, the most sustainable label and packaging printer in the United States, which is a really big task. And so I think that something like this would be right in our wheelhouse, right in our vision. And so let's make sure that we connect up after, because I think it's a great idea, honestly. Um, and one that should not be just a quote competitive advantage for Myers, right? Like, it should be, um, you know, socialistic in nature. Right? Everyone should be able to do this because the more recycled product we can get into the market, especially if there's a circularity mm-hmm. from like release liner back to release liner, right. and and now we ha- that that could that could help everybody, right? Because then sustainable materials can come down in price, and and we can really start to drive some drive some real change. So yeah, um, and I, you know, awesome. TLMI. TLMI is certainly a trade association of competitors. Um, But in something like this, um, everybody is working toward a common goal, and that is to lift the entire industry up. So, you know, we've seen EPR legislation around the country, which is only going to increase. 
certainly, you know, looking at California and all of the things that California is mandating now, you know, there are some predictions that release liner is going to be uh, a future mandate, release liner recycling, a future mandate starting in California. So um, a couple of our recyclers are, are telling us, you know, you've got to get your company um, or your members to inform their customers because this is coming and yep. you know, they should get ready for it. I'll tell you what, it, this is a very quick story, but um, so I work primarily from home and uh, have a home office and my wife is a homeschool teacher. She homeschools uh, three of our kids, three of our five kids. And so when, when the whole world kind of shook with COVID, it was like, you have to work from home and you've got a homeschool. It was a pretty easy transition for our family, right? We're like, okay, we're already doing this. And the reason I tell that story on the back of what you're talking about is if you are ahead of it, and we weren't doing this because we thought of COVID, right? Like we're doing it for other reasons, but when you are already ahead of it and then the mandate comes down, you have to work from home, schools are shut down, but you're already doing it it makes that transition easier. And so if you're a brand who's already doing it, it doesn't matter if this comes out in three years, five years, whatever it is, when when it happens, because everything is going to be touched by EPR at some point in packaging, when it happens, you're not gonna have to adjust, you're not gonna have to go in and figure things out, you're gonna be ahead of the game, you're already doing the right thing, but it's also gonna be really good for business. I think that's a great point, Ross. Yeah. yeah, you'll have your process figured out. I mean, we we know that there's gonna to have to be some process reconfigurations um, in terms of waste and, you know, man hours and shifting this and, you know, moving that. And, but we do have, we do have numerous members that are already doing it um, yep. and are helping their end use customers, label customers with their issues as well. So it's happening, but it's just not happening enough. And uh, so we appreciate you um, tackling this fascinating topic. <laughs> it's a great topic. And we've talked about we've talked about label release liners for over a half an hour, and I haven't gotten bored. And I don't think ever, I don't think anyone else has gotten bored. Good. Yeah, I appreciate it, Adam. I appreciate the platform to to talk about it. Sure. I mean, our next podcast is going to be about Bigfoot and labels, and I know Roz is going to uh really be able oh, to i can i could be on that one too and, and yeah <laughs> i love it uh well let's let's go around here so first of all uh we'll go to roz first roz how do people get in touch with you if they have questions about tlmi or want to dive deeper into this topic what's what's the way they can reach out to you yeah um our website is tlmi.com my contact information is there. Uh, it's just first name dot last name at tlmi.com. And on the public facing website, you, you don't need to be a member to access this information. We've got lots of resources about recycling release liner and um, other label byproducts. So take a look. If you want information about TLMI, shoot me an email and I'll get you everything you need. Perfect. And Adam, how about yourself? So I guess I'll take take this opportunity to say you should join TLMI, right? You should be part of this committee that that I run with, with customers and competitors all in the same group trying to make this industry better. So that will be my my call. So my email is A-F-F-R-E-Y um, at wasacoded.com. Good luck with WASA. Um, it's W-A-U-S-A-U. Um, but reach out to me if you want to be part of that committee. Um, we always need more individuals in TLMI and I would encourage you to come to my committee because it's fun. So that's my plug. I love it. 
And would it be safe to say that uh, we have made uh, release liner cool AF? I think that's what the kids say. Cool yes. Adam Fry. You bet. Go yeah. <laughs> cool Adam Fry. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Roz and Adam, thank you both so much for coming on the podcast. I hope people reach out. If you didn't get to write down what those things were, don't worry about it. I got you. Whatever you're listening to this on, Spotify, Google, Apple, uh, LinkedIn, Substack, uh, it'll be in the show notes. You can just click a button and uh, it'll take you to their email, take you to their website. Uh, so you don't even have to know how to spell Wausau. I already got you. Thanks, Adam. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you both so much. It's thank been you. it's been awesome. We could probably have another 30 minutes talking about this. So uh, if the people <laughs> demand it, we will bring them another release liner podcast. Sounds good. <laughs> well, Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, congrats. You made it to the end of the podcast. If you're looking for more great podcast material in the packaging industry, please check out Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors and the newly redesigned Package Unboxed with Avelio Matos. Go find them wherever you listened to this podcast. Thanks, everybody.